This is Raphael with Quelly Conversations. Today I'm speaking with Marcus Bullock, creator of FlickShop, a mobile app that makes it easy for families to stay connected to loved ones who are incarcerated by sending postcards with photos and personalized messages. How are you doing today, Marcus? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me on today, Raphael. I'm, I'm, I'm so honored to be able to be here. All right. So tell us a little bit about your background and how that led to creating FlickShop. Well, you know, I love to talk about FlickShop, so you got to excuse me um, ahead of time if I get overly passionate about it. Um, I went to prison when I was 15 years old, uh, and so uh, I, I, I had this thing where I was taken away from my family at such a young age, and I really, be, I really needed that support from my family members. It's what caused us to be able to launch FlickShop where we built the technology that keeps families connected to their incarcerated loved ones the way that I was. I'm super hype about it. We've connected hundreds of thousands of families so far. Um, I'm ready for the next generation of, of what's next for us over, um, over here. You know, it's, it's, it's been an exciting journey so far. All right, so tell us, what exactly is FlickShop and how does it work? You know, I, I didn't give it, do it justice in my uh, intro. So tell us what is FlickShop? <laughs> no worries. So like I said, we built the technology that keeps the families connected while they're in prison. There's no Facebook, Instagram, texting, you know, easy emailing, all of the things that keep you and I connected to our family members today, our best friends, the moments that we share, they end up on someone's timeline and a double tap allows us to be able to feel the love no matter where they are in the world. The reality of it is, is that millions of people that are in these prison cells, they aren't able to see and share any of those photos, any of those magical moments. It's prom season right now. Graduations are happening, you know, over the next couple of weeks. And the brother or the sister or the cousin or the mom or the dad, they won't be able to share in those moments if they're incarcerated. We built a, tech, a mobile app that allows our, our customers to be able to take a picture add some quick text, press send, and for 99 cents, we take that picture and text and we print it on an actual tangible real photo postcard and we mail it to any person in any jail, prison, uh, juvenile detention center, immigration facility, you know, halfway house, anywhere in the country where there's an incarcerated person. And we believe that if we keep the families connected, if we keep the community and resources flowing back into these cells, then maybe we can prevent recidivism and we won't see as many people coming out of these jails and going right back in. I, I know firsthand that it was the family connections that I had growing up inside of those prison cells that allowed me to be able to come home and just have a path to go off of when I came home. Like I knew what was going on in the world. I understood how the internet worked. I hadn't used the internet before, but I understood how it worked mostly because my family members made that commitment of taking pictures and sending mail during the era when that was like, you know, prevalent. Like we mailed our bills, you know, five, 10 years ago. We used to mail greeting cards. That doesn't happen any longer. Anything, I mean, we do everything online. And so we wanted to be able to reach as far as the internet could reach, but a little bit further, being as those those secure environments don't have the internet, we bring in those moments directly into sale via these postcards. And how important would you say it is for inmates to receive mail behind bars? 
Oh man. So so first, I want to I want to back up a little. I, I I typically like to start the conversations around like you know how we how why it's important what we do and how we acknowledge the people that we want to um help and while we kind of try to stay away from using terms like you know inmate and you know felons and you know prisoners and all that we kind of sort of just want to we want to call these people what they are just people and they happen okay. to be in prison right so like the, it, but i will tell you this every day for those people that are in prison at four o'clock i don't care where you are i don't care if you're in a local county jail a state facility a federal facility every day at four o'clock the same thing happens a count time happens and during that count time is typically when mail is passed out that's the time that all two million plus people around the country are standing up and they're waiting for their names to be called by a correctional officer that gives them a little piece of paper that shines a light on whether or not they've been loved or not, right? That's what happens every single day. I don't care who you are. You're waiting for, and we all do it. We all did it, right? I stood beside my door, waiting for my name to be called, hoping that they'll say, Bullock, you have mail. Because in prison, mail is the only way for you to know that someone cares about you. Like, it's the only thing you know that you have to know that there is life on the other side. And when your name is not called, it's just another confirmation that there's more people who don't care about you than, than do. Whether or not that it's really true or not, that's not really the case. And I learned that when I first came home after even serving so many years in prison, I came home and I started my life all over. And it was like, you know, it was crazy because days turned into weeks and weeks and turned into months. And by same friends who I grew up with in prison, they weren't getting the mail either for me. And I knew how important it was. That's why we had to create a tech that allowed us to be able to do it. We have apps to help us get us coffee, help us get our coffee quicker. We have to be able to figure out a way to get our family members connected in a way that we experience every day and throughout these social these social mobile apps that we use every day here. Mm -hmm. And how do you think FlickShot specifically helps to reduce? Recidivism. Uh, you say we understand now how important it is for people in, that are incarcerated to get their mail. It gives them hope. But how do you think it affects them when, once they come home? Let me. You know what? Here's the here's the here's the best way to be able to explain it. I went to prison when I was a 15 year old kid. I stole a car from someone and I got sentenced to spend eight years, but had to spend all eight of those years in adult maximum security prisons. I grew up spending all of my early teenage years, my early 20s, all inside of prison. My family began to stray away over time because it's just too hard to write a letter, go get film developed. And you know, that was at that time. Nowadays, it's even harder because now you like have to make time to write a letter when you don't even do that. Back then, at least people wrote kind of sort of. Like now, you never write letters any. People don't write letters any longer. You definitely don't have time to go get the, um, you know, pictures printed off your phone. My family had to go figure out a way to make it to Walmart, go buy some envelopes, go to the post office, buy some postage, and that was the the beginning of just saying I just wanted to say I love you. That's it. The only way to say I love you. And then, but the reality of it is, is that that was too hard to. It was too hard to do. Not the mechanics of saying I love you, obviously but all of the logistics that have to go into staying connected while someone's in prison. I went through all of those years in those cells and the, one of the reasons why I am who I am today 
is because my mom made a promise very, very early in my prison sentence to ensure that she wrote me a letter and sent me a picture every single solitary day from that point forward, from my two-year mark all the way through the through the eight-year mark. So for six years, my mom sent me mail. The reality of it is, is that be, while I was going through that process, other people in those same housing units where I live, they began to live vicariously through me and my mom's mail because they weren't getting any mail on their side. There wasn't anyone to confirm that what was happening in their own towns. And so they would live through my aunt's birthday parties and my cousin's high school graduation. And the moment that my niece got her driver's license, they would have to live through these moments through, you know, through these letters and pictures. And what ended up happening over time was that, you know, I would, I would build some sense of, I don't know, like expectation or accountability to, to, to my own family members who took the time to be able to make that happen. Because I felt accountable to them and they had an expectation for me to succeed at the prison, the conversation shifted. They shifted from, hey, Marcus, we're going to hope that you're going to get a job to eventually you get exhausted on, we hope that you get a job. Then it goes to like, here are the jobs that are available that we know that are people are people in prison. And then it goes to, this is where you're going to be living when you come home. And then it goes to the next thing and the next thing. And because it's consistent communication, this, the conversations never get stale and they never turn, they become progressive. And they turn from, hey, I hope you're doing well to, you know, look, I know that last week I told you about this one opportunity, but I just learned about this other opportunity. So when you come home next month, I'm going to make an introduction to you to fill in the blank. And so what you learn, what we learned is that because of this constant communication and constant connection along the journey and for people that, are, you know, that, that for people that are coming home from these sales, it leads to them naturally just gravitating back into the success pools that we wish for them when we come home, when they come home. When we do not have that same level of communication and, you know, it's sporadic or it's very, very few and far between the relationships, they always stay stale. They stay in that consistent state of, hey, you know, I hope everything is OK. I hope that, you know, you're doing all right. And it's like those kind of sort of early, awkward update letters. And by the time you come home, those awkward update letters, they, they happen every four or five years while you were in prison or even if you had them at all. When you come home, they turn into those awkward, hey, uh, my cousin's home. I don't know how to help you. I really don't know you. You don't know me. You've been gone for 10 years. I'm a completely different person than I was 10 years when you left. When you left, I was 16. Now I'm 26. I'm an adult now. When you, know, when you left, you were 31. Now you're 41. You know, your children are older. Your responsibilities have changed. Things are different, and I don't know how to help you. So once you figure it out, then, yeah, let me know, and then uh, love you so much. And then you turn your back and you walk away from yet another problem in your life because people become problems. But when relationships are there, they're not problems. What happens is they're your family. And that's what we want to be able to promote out of every single piece of correspondence that comes out of our printers. Wow. Okay. So do you feel Pretty strong sense of responsibility continuing the work that you're doing. Yeah, man. I do. I mean, I'll tell you, one of the reasons why I started Flick Shop, it wasn't because I wanted to be able, I had this big, noble and brilliant idea to be able to keep families connected. I mean, it's turned into something incredible and I'm so blessed that 
you know, I've been chosen to be the one to, to lead this kind of company um, and be the creative mind behind it. But what I will tell you is that it, it started out not so sexy. It was just like, I was running a completely different business. I was, you know, home after, you know, 10 years, I've been home for 10 years. Like my, my reality was, was changing ahead of, it was like every day it was something greater and greater because when you're in prison, when you have to come home from prison, everything is greater and greater. And so, um, you know, while, while my life was beginning to evolve and my relations were changing, I was meeting people and having so much fun and, and living this awesome, 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 you know, part of this journey, uh, my friends that were in prison, they were the ones that were writing me and they were calling me collect. They would, you know, like, dude, you don't remember when we used to live through those letters from your mom? Like, dude, like, you gotta hit us back. Like, you gotta show us pictures of that trip to the, to the Bahamas and you have to show us pictures of your new girlfriend and you're getting married? Dude, you know you gotta send us wedding pictures. And the reality of it is that I wasn't sending any of this stuff. And so because, and, and, and it's not because I didn't want to, right? It's because I didn't have time to. I talked about it before. Like, I didn't have time to write a letter and go buy postage and envelopes and all that kind of stuff. And so I had to figure out a way to solve this problem. I felt guilty, if, if, if nothing else. I mean, the shame of being, you know, down and out and being in that space and then not reaching back in to help some of the people that are there. Like, I felt an obligation to do this. So getting back to, like, do I have a responsibility to ensuring that, you know, we work and build the technologies that keep these families connected? Absolutely. Not only do, do I feel responsible for it, but who else can build and design the kind of application that's really necessary to solve one of the world's biggest problems absent the people that were there? I don't see anyone else. I'm very capable of doing it. Let's make it happen. Okay. Tell us about the Unlock Futures campaign. Oh man, Unlock Futures was cool because this was one of the first times that where we had some um, had you know a big name to be able to you know just leverage their celebrity and say we believe in this technology, we believe in FlickShop, we believe in the need to be able to invest in people that are coming out of these sales. A lot of organizations talk about the importance and the value of this work and how it can be transformative to the people that we service, right? But very few of them actually, you know, drop resources into the people who are leading the charge. A lot of the resources get circled around and funneled around the people who've never actually been there. And they, they leverage our stories and they leverage our lives in, the, in all of the work that's talking to, talked about in the criminal justice reform spaces. And it doesn't trickle down to the actual people on the ground that need to be able to feed their families after all of the turmoil they went through. I was one of those people. And Unlock Future and the Unlock Futures grant allowed us to successfully be able to demonstrate how we could take just an idea and really begin to scale it and open it up and validate a market. They did that with their investment, but it also allowed us to be able to leverage that opportunity and introduce it to the business accelerator that we've applied to that's called Techstars, which is one of the top business accelerators in the world. We were accepted into Unlock Futures right behind it said, hey, John Legend, and his team is investing in us. Techstar said, really? This sounds cool. Social impact mission, great company, great founder. Let's make it happen. And then they invested in us. And so what it showed was how important it is for the community to leverage their own influence to be able to impact the spaces that they say that they support. Unlock Futures did it with a grant and with lending their name. 
but each one of our people in our neighborhoods can do it too. It doesn't cost much to say, hey, you know what? We support this initiative. Oh, you know someone in prison? You should be using FlickShop. Oh, did you read this article about this other founder who is building the Detroit Justice Center? You don't know about R3 score. You don't know Topeka, Sam, and the Ladies of Hope. You don't, you haven't met Will Avila. Like these are some people that are really impacting the spaces and they're saving the world around us every day. But we are getting it, we are getting the support behind it. Just the Unlock Futures grant did just that, and we're excited to be one of the inaugural cohort members of that program. All right. So explain to us what is the Flick Shop School of Business? Well, we knew that we were doing a great job of connecting families using our technology. But the question was asked to me often, hey Marcus, how are we being thoughtful around? helping people that are coming home from these sales and now they're struggling with whether it be employment services, even starting another, starting their own business like yours, or maybe they just want to be able to learn how to communicate with their family and their friends. They want to do it in a safe environment that's led by people that's been through it. We created the FlickShop School of Business to be able to do just that. It's a three-week class that we teach inside of the, inside of the facilities. And it's the, the name, the, one of the names and the topics of the sessions are the introduction to entrepreneurship. And we leverage our soft skills, um, our soft skills, skills curriculum and our entrepreneurship curriculum have all day conversations with these men and women in these sales. And then we ask them, how are we doing? What else do you need? So that we can create stronger programming in the community that will allow for people to be able to come straight into our classroom, straight into our offices, working with other returning citizens in the community and learning how to be able to build employment services, you know, learning how to access housing assistance programs and even building financial literacy and competent financial literacy competencies so that they can navigate through their own success path after prison. One of the things that I've learned after returning back to the community as a 23 year old man without having any, you know, much formal education, um, you know, because I went to prison, when I was 15. But I have much formal education was that when you come from these sales, it's a dark place. It's a dark place because it's filled with all of this trauma and the shame of where you left. But in addition to that, there's so many skill sets that have not been poured onto you while you were there. So now you're coming home trying to navigate this stuff on your own, in addition to all of the other pressures that are on you from the rest of the community, just to be able to stay, keep their own community safe without having you come home and disrupt it. There's so many pressures on these men and women that are coming home, and we wanted to be able to alleviate that. And, and to let them know, like, hey, you're not the only one that experiences it. You aren't alone. I felt alone when I first came home. But I want to make sure that no other man or, or woman or even child, for that matter, comes home and feels that way. And if we're doing our job right at Flick Shop and the Flick Shop School of Business, we're able to scale both services across the country to be able to give better and stronger access to all of this brilliance that are coming from home from out of these sales. Okay, so we all know it's, it's hard for people coming home, find employment. You know, you have that F on their chest, like you said in uh, your TEDx talk, you know, for felon, and that stays with them forever. Yeah. What do you think is the important... I see you push um, people learning tech, going into tech and learning to code. Tell us about the advantage of doing that. Yeah. Man, because I mean, the reality of it is, is that, you know, I'm going to keep it 100. 
the people who I'm forced to have to pay to be able to build our technology, most of them don't look like me. Most of them aren't, you know, people that have come out of our situations. And the reality of it is that this tech is running the world and the future of the world is tech, right? So because of it, we're like, look, we need you not to be focused on trying to come home and just get that the jobs that are lowest hanging fruit that we're accustomed to getting, whether or not it be in the retail spaces or the industrial spaces or even the service spaces. Like those are all great jobs. And, 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 and like I started there, right? I started working at a paint store for minimum wage when I first came home. But the reality of it is, is that I just didn't, the, the reason why I even, you know, applied to that paint store was because I didn't even know that I had options. I wasn't exposed to other places where I could be able to be one of the ones who help influence the technology that I use every day. I didn't think that that was even a possibility. I hadn't even thought about the tech spaces as a possible option for me to go work. And if I'm, if, if, if I'm keeping it 100, the reality of it is that that is the spaces that are going to dominate the future of work. And so because we know that, then we're being very, very forward thinking in how we're preparing men and women to be able to come home and join this new workforce that's going to look completely different than, you know, the jobs of the past. One of the things I say often is that, you know, 10, 15, 25 years from now, the problems that we have today or the jobs that we're going to need for that, that time, they haven't even been created yet. The jobs from 10, 15 years from now haven't even been created yet, right? So how are we being thoughtful around building innovative practices and learning opportunities for these people that are coming home from prison so that they are able to join the workforce and be able to build sustainable lives for their families? Okay, sounds good. Tell us a little bit more about actually using FlickShop. How does it work? How much, how much does it cost? The logistics? Yeah, so, the, the, you know, just to be clear, FlickShop, you can flick, you can send a FlickShop to anyone. You can send a FlickShop to your aunt in Nevada. In fact, we are learning that more people are using FlickShop, you know, every day that are not even, you know, going to prison cells, right? Like, there are FlickShop postcards that are going to people in, you know, military boot camps, and there are FlickShop postcards that are going to people at senior living centers. There are FlickShops that are going to grandmas all over the world because they just don't know how to use the iPad their grandchildren bought them, but they still want to see those really, really cute pictures of the new puppy or the baby's first day at school, right? And so it's very, very easy to use. We're famously known as the Instagram for prisons, and it's mostly because, you know, it's, it's like a photo, a caption, and then that's it. But um, the way that, you know, it works, once you download the FlickShop mobile app from your app store, we give it away for free. Um, you register your account, your first FlickShop postcard that you want to ship. We want you to see how it works. So we even give you that one for free. Um, but the next one after that is 99 cents each. Take a picture. You know, you say, hey, add some text. What's going on, big bro? I love you so much. Press send. And then from there, put your phone back in your pocket. We take that picture and that text and we print it for you on that postcard, put a stamp on it, drop it in the mail. Two to three days later, your loved one receives that postcard in the mail. They have their name called if they're in prison, or maybe it's that aunt in Nevada that just wants to be able to post a you know really cute picture of her granddaughter on a refrigerator. When she opens up her mailbox, she's gonna go bananas. She's gonna see that photo and that private message, and she's gonna absolutely love it. Uh. So what, what's a, a Flick Shop Angel? Flick Shop Angels, 
was the program that we built uh, to be able to help the community to, to, to band in together to, to help these people that are in these sales stay connected. We know that a lot of these men and women there, they, they either lost family members, some of them have, have passed away or they're just so far out of the picture or they've been incarcerated so long, they don't even know how to get in contact with these family members. The reality of it is that they still need love too. And there are members in our community who understand that and want to be able to help out this way. That This way they can. Visit FlickShopAngels.com and they can become a FlickShop Angel by purchasing, they can purchase gift cards that give to the children of incarcerated parents so that children can stay in contact with their incarcerated moms or dads. Or that person can send an anonymous FlickShop postcard to someone in prison just to be able to say, hey, you know what? I don't know you, but I think that you're important and you're valuable. You should receive some love today. And I just wanted to let you know that you're loved. They can press send and anonymously make sure that someone in a prison cell is heard, has, has heard their, you know, their name called and they understand that hey, you know, you're, you're loved too. Every cell, every person, you all matter. Okay. So what can we expect to see from Flick Shop in 2019 and into the future? So we're excited, you know, we're really excited about, you know, closing out our year this year with ensuring that we're getting more and more mail and more resources back into these facilities. We're working more with businesses, nonprofit organizations who want to be able to get their missions um, across and set inside these facilities. There may be a reentry program that's listening and they want to let more people know about it. We want to help you connect back to these people in these cells. There may be, you know, a foundation who supports um, people who suffer from hunger while they're in facility or, you know, they've been violated by the PREA Act, the Prison Rape Elimination Act, while they're in prison. Maybe these organizations want to help support these people and they want to connect with them. We want to help you connect. And so our focus now is to be able to ensure that every person in every cell feels loved and connected, whether it be through a resource in the community or through their family members. And until we do that, our job is complete. It keeps me up at night. I'm super excited about going here first and ensuring that all these men and women in these facilities stay stay connected. And uh, I'm, I'm 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 super passionate about it. Okay. Uh, let the audience know everywhere that they can connect with Flick Shop online, websites, social media, everything. Yeah, yeah. Please connect with us um, on all social channels at Flick Shop, that's spelled F as in Frank, L-I-K-S-H-O-P. A lot of people try to throw that C in there. It's no C in Flick Shop. So again, F-L-I-K-S-H-O-P. Um, or you can visit us at FlickShop.com. We definitely, uh, you know, employ you guys. Please become a consider becoming a Flick Shop angel. Visit us at FlickShopAngels.com um, and support a child with an incarcerated parent. We are on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, um, Tumblr. Everything is at Flick Shop. We're there, and we're very LinkedIn. Um, we're and we're very active on all social platforms. Um, we 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 push out content around the work that we do, but we also use our social platforms as a safe haven for family members who may have questions or. You know, if they have another loved one, if, if someone's in Pennsylvania and they want to know about, you know, visiting rules in Pennsylvania or 
Maybe they have a loved one in Florida and they want to know about, you know, mailing rules in Florida. That's the best place to be able to contact us on our social channels. We're very responsive. Our entire team wants to be able to help out your family. If you have someone incarcerated, we're a community. We love you and we want you to be able to make sure that you stay connected to your loved one because we don't want to see them go back to prison. So this is um, kind of a big question, but what message would you like to send to people who are incarcerated and also to their loved ones, people who came home already? I mean, you can make it separate, but what's, what's the one message you'd like to get out to each? One, uni one universal message. Look, okay. I've been there. I've done it. You can do it. Most people count us out when you're either in a cell or you have a loved one that's in a cell. My mom, she could have went left when everyone else was going left and didn't believe in me. But she decided to pivot and love on me hard and go right. Because she did that, it allowed me to stay strong. It allowed me to be able to be creative. And I wanted to be able to come home and solve a problem and have someone who believed in me. If you, and because I believed in myself, my mom, she supported me and believed in me. It allowed me to be able to do exactly what I'm doing today. It's all inside of us. I came home. I did it. You can do it, too. Let's make it happen. Right. So everyone, go to FlickShop.com. Look for FlickShop on Google Play Store, iTunes, apps, everywhere, and support the FlickShop mission. Uh, we thank you so much, Marcus, for joining us today and speaking with us. No, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. I'm excited about keeping our country connected to the incarcerated loved ones. It's too many of us in prisons. Most of us, you know what I mean, are dealing with this in the shadows. But I'm here to say, look, I've done it. I've been there. If we stay connected, they're all going to be here on the other side with us, too. Let's make, it, let's make it happen. All right, Marcus. Have a good one. Thank you so much. Talk soon. Love you guys.